This is the Red on Red podcast on redfm.ie. This week on the podcast, we're talking with musician, sonic improviser, and music journalist Darren Keane.
Dearly departed Elastic Sleep there With Sarah Bama No more tears The Shaker hymn With I don't ever want to see the world This is Red on Red Cork's new music podcast Dropping every Wednesday Via redfm.ie My name is Mike McGrath Brian And for the next hour or so We're talking with one of the heroes Of the Cork music scene Musician Improviser Music journalist And general arts facilitator Darren Keane A.K.A. Mr. K How's it going buddy? Hi there yeah Pretty good yeah you're after an incredibly busy few weeks and staring down the barrel of festival season. You have at least two of your multitude of bands playing uh, Body and Soul Festival coming up. Yeah, that's correct. I'm playing um, Body and Soul with Council for the Dark Arts Orchestra. Uh, it's our improvised orchestra. And then I'm playing uh, the Sunday Body and Soul with um, our band, our cover band, The Creeps, and dedicated to all things creepy and croonery and kind of features the cream of the Cork music set. Yeah, just taking our trying our talents at some cover versions that you know people wouldn't normally do. But yeah, it's it's kind of, it's going to be a busy weekend. I'm looking forward to it. I've never actually played a big Irish festival before, so it's going to be quite enjoyable. I think you've got a huge summer ahead of you outside of outside of playing the festival circuit. Um, you know, as we'll talk about later on, you'll have new albums coming out with different projects and so forth. You're involved with other kind of infrastructural facilities that are happening around the city. Before we get into how this all came together in the first place where did you find the time and the energy to put it all together the energy is the easy part um, I, music is my it's my like I don't know uh, my true love and like I just love putting all my effort into it um, the time is the hard part because between my partner my work and you know my friends and family like you know I love all those too so it's hard to actually like find the balance and get it right and I think I've been trying over the past few years just to kind of get that balance right and get it correct and make sure I'm putting as much of myself into music as I possibly can uh, without neglecting any of the other spheres of my life because 
you know, you need everything else to back you up before you start the music. So, yeah, um, I think I'm very focused these days. Previously, I wouldn't have been as focused as I am now. I would have, like, left stuff go. I would have been... Like, if, if I have an opportunity to make music now, I'm on it. I'm asking the person. I'm make, asking the questions. We're going into a studio. Like, for example, earlier on, I got a text off my friend, Arthur Pawsey. I'm in a band called Museum with him. And he asked me, should we make a new album? And I went, yes, straight away. Like, yeah, let's go. Let's do it. You have to jump on it and make maximize your time. Um, but also not, I think, dilly-dally and kind of waste your time as well. You have to, like, go in and do the work. That's how I kind of, like... That's how I find the time. Uh, the energy is the easy part for me. I'm just like a naturally energetic person. You come up to me with, you know, your latest folly of activity when we get caught up sometimes and it's inspiring, quite frankly. But, uh, <laughs> you know, but but it is. I mean, that's the kind of the good energy that a, a city's music scene needs to be put into it in the first place because it's how, it's how things happen. But let's roll it back to getting into music in the first place you're a Clonmel man yeah. uh, from around the time that a very active music scene among younger musicians was happening um, emanating out of certain smaller venues inside of Clonmel like the Piper Inn etc well, well yeah like um, when I was growing up um, there wasn't much to do in Clonmel bar play music um, every friend I had played an instrument like absolutely everyone I, I remember and we had the v- we were very lucky to have an outlet in a Piper Inn, which is a biker bar in the town. And from the age of 16, 17 on, we were allowed to play in the bar every night if we wanted. Like, I remember booking a gig there on a Friday for the next Friday and making up a band in the intervening time and playing a full hour and a half set with stuff we'd made up in seven days. Like, there, it was that kind of responsive, uh, respectful, encouraging space you could play in. Now, like, not to say that, like, the rest of Tipperary wasn't like that. I know certain people, like, you know, Tip Town had, like, various venues you could play in and everything. A lot of my friends played up there, but Clonmel just seemed to be a place where everyone played an instrument or if you lived in the surrounding villages. I'm still friends to people. I was actually at a barbecue this weekend with friends of mine from back then, all of whom are still involved in bands who still play, like Caricature, Feathered People, people from Care, people from Pilltown. And they also play in bands around the place. Like even like, not just myself, but there's a lot of people in Cork who are from Clonmel, played in a ton of bands. There's bands who are still based in Clonmel, like Zora or Crowback Chicken, and they've gone on to like national fame. Not even national fame, I would say, but like they've national acclaim and they've played around Europe, both bands, and they've done tours. Like it, it kind of was a hotbed of music, certainly in Tipperary when I was younger. I would hope it is still is to stay. I just don't know. I haven't lived there for so long. But yeah, we, we got very lucky. We got very lucky in our town. We we had a, just had an opportunity to play as much as we wanted. Coming to Cork uh, for college meant getting involved with various activities on campus. You were involved in the running of the old bar, as well as being a music editor for the UCC Express, which was kind of your introduction to the wider Cork scene as a participant. What was that experience like? Well, what really happened was... Um, I came into college to study archaeology and got like, I think I got very sucked into campus life and didn't really explore Cork City for quite a while. And then I was running the college bar and there was gigs going on and I was kind of getting au fait with various Cork bands. I remember seeing Altered Errors play there and like complimenting Cottle on his like lovely harmony semi-acoustic guitar or seeing O Emperor and just really enjoying them after Hill Ritter came out. But I never really like engaged in it until my friend Tim and he's a friend of mine from Carrick uh, brought me down to a KVX gig in the quad this is while I was still managing the bar and I kind of went oh my god there's incredible music going on in the city 
what's going on here? And I, I, I was also like music editor for the paper, and I kind of feel now I look back and I feel like I've ne- I neglected Cork music because I didn't cover it as well as I should have. Um, I mean, it's fantastic at covering international music. Don't get me wrong, but um, local bands I kind of left slip under the radar. And like, kind of what what changed everything was. Um, I remember I was out. My friend invited me to go see Fight Like Apes, and they were being supported by a few Cork bands, Circus Cat, and When Good Pets Go Bad. I remember seeing One Good Pets Go Bad and going, "Oh my god, these are like Dinosaur Junior. These guys are great." And didn't hear anything. A few months later, myself and my cousin were putting on some gigs in the bar. My cousin was a sound engineer. And we put on When Good Bets Go Bad. And genuinely, and I have no trouble in saying this, they were awful. They were really bad. <laughs> and and the guys out of the band will, will, will agree with me here. But at the end of the set, Sean, the guitarist, kicked on his flanger and started hitting his guitar with a drumstick. And I went, great, these guys are what I like. And so what I did, I told them I played bass. And that was then me involved in the Cork music scene after that because they came to me looking for me for a bass player. But yeah, as a person, as a journalist at the time, I felt I was neglectful of Cork. And as a like a punter just watching music, I was neglectful until I got brought CKVX by my friend Tim. And like that changed, that genuinely changed everything. I think I was in the, the quad nearly like twice or three times a week after that seeing bands. Like, and then I just dedicated myself. Uh, there was bands at the time like I remember Cities. Oh god, fant- yeah, fantastic! Well, like I loved cities. They were kind of like math rock, post rock, and their guitarist Owen McMahon was actually regular in the bar. Mm. So he used to turn up and go like, "Come and see my band," and I'd go and see his band. I like, really enjoyed them. They had so much energy. I was thinking of their EP li- lately. There actually, uh, I, I still have the split with um, Guilty Optics Same on Seven that, Inch. Yeah, that came out without a limb. Yeah, that's exactly yeah. the one. Yeah, and like they were the kind of bands that dragged me into Cork music properly, like KVX and Cities, uh, Circus Cat, When Good Bits Go Bad, and that's when I started really listening. The quad was some spot though, wasn't it? I loved the quad. Um, I think I loved the quad for the wrong reasons. Um, <laughs> it was a place I, I used to work late late nights in the bar and I used to go to the quad and I'd know the bar staff and you'd be playing some good music like DJs would be playing. Gary Mailer, who is Cork Music Journalist, still writes to this day. Fantastic man, G-Man. And he would be DJing like roller skate skinny in there or something some nights and I would just be like, this is fantastic. But... Yeah, it was like, because see, the quad operated at roughly the same time as Pavilion. So if the quad was closed on a night, you could go over to Pavilion and watch some amazing music as well. And like, that's when I really started getting into music in Cork. For my sins, I mean, like, I played the quad once with my friend's band, the Autocats, as their fill-in bass player for the last ever gig. And it was genuinely one of the best nights of my life. And that's kind of when I... And it was years after I kind of... I technically gave up bass for a while, I suppose. And, like, once I started playing with them that's when it really kicked off and I started really getting back interested again. It's kind of odd now to imagine that that period of time is starting to emerge in the rearview mirror. Like there's been so many changes as of recent, so many venues opening back up, so many other things that have kind of happened that haven't that weren't there before. And again, a, a new generation of musicians is, is making so much better than we would have been able to eight, well, 10 years ago. I think ago. we made some pretty good music back then, but I... I um, in terms of venues, it's certainly incredible because I remember when I, certainly when I started going, you had had the old bar. The old bar used to be a great spot for, I'm not tooting my horn or anything here, but it was a great sure. spot. It was a great spot for alternative gigs. If you look at it now, it's much diminished. The new bar in EC is kind of like, it's quite good. I've seen some gigs there recently um, and it's been enjoyable. But it's interesting seeing the transition. Like the, the, the quad's no longer there. The pavilion is back open again. Um, we had various different venues over the years. 
but I think it comes in cycles. I mean, you'll have times where you have a feast of venues. You'll have three or four open at the same time. Like, there was an overlap at one stage of the Pavilion and uh, the Cork Community Print Shop at the same time. Mm. And it was fantastic. You could go see a DIY gig on a Friday and then go to a Pavilion gig on a Saturday. And it was brilliant. And then, you know, for whatever reason, both venues disappeared. And then, say, St. Luke's opened up, like, the church. That's another venue again. And people would be going to Henchy's or Plugged was popular for a while. It goes in cycles and it goes in waves almost. And it's not the worst thing in the world. I mean, I'm old enough now. I'm I'm 30 and I've seen quite a lot of venues close over the years. But, you know, things reopen. I'm not as sad these days when a venue closes. I'm sad for the people working there, obviously. But I know that if people want to play music, the energy will always be there and people will always want to create and people will find another place to play in. Your venue turnover is always going to be a thing in any kind of small music scene, but as long as everyone is involved and stays together and stays interested, there's always going to be a music scene and there's always going to be a demand to to have a place to play. Coming up next, we've got some music. Uh, Darren, you've chosen us a playlist. Mm-hmm. Um, you chose Elastic Sleep and The Shaker Hymn earlier on and you're continuing in a similar mood with Rosalind Steer and further away. I chose um, Elastic Sleep and Shaker Hymn earlier on because... Um uh, Last Sleep were really a, a huge Cork band for me I saw them like 20 odd times and I actually lived with a few members of them for a while and I just love Zerbamba Brenda Reardon's guitar work is still blows me away to this day and that Shaker Hymn song I think it might be slightly underrated it's a great highlight of their lives set I, I love it to bits and then Roslyn is I think one of Cork's singular artists she has such a vision and she has such control she's a be- beautiful wonderful live performer she's so incredibly intense um, and captivating she I, just loses herself yeah she does I remember seeing her um, I believe at a TEDx talk you hosted Mike oh yeah in Collins and the whole audience was wrapped for the entire time there wasn't a single eye turned away from her on stage and she's she's that level of performer absolutely stunning you also have O Emperor with Don't Mind Me uh, O Emperor I think it's, there's very little to be said about O Emperor at this stage they are Cork's uh, 70s classic rock dandies Um they have such a wonderful body of work. I remember I disregarded them when Hitter Hitter came out and I kind of thought not much of them. And then in recent years, I've revisited that album. But really for me, Vitreous was kind of like one of my favorite albums of 2014. And But going back, Don't Mind Me off, off um, that EP is just a stunning song. Gorgeous, like folk inflected. Um, I, I, I genuinely don't think they can do they can do any wrong. They are just the, the apogee of Cork Band. Even order from Watford. Oof. That's a sensitive subject considering all they've done here in recent years. <laughs> we'll get straight into it here. This is Rosalind Steer with Further Away here on Red on Red.
silence and spit out your words. Let's talk about all you have learned. You sat in the catacomb with spectacled saints, and still you're not sure if you know what anything's worth. Emperor with Don't Mind Me here on Red on Red, still joined in studio by Mr. K, Darren Keane. Before we went to music, we hit a little bit on 
you playing bass with when good pets go bad. Yeah. And that becomes your primary creative outlet. Yeah, uh, so as the time rolls past. Yeah, that no quite right. And what happened was I I think I mentioned just before the break, I I saw them playing with Fight Like Apes. I became friendly with their bass player Dave, who was a f- friend of a friend, and then he left to go to Hamburg, much like the Beatles, I suppose. And the guys kind of headhunted me. They looked for me to play bass for them. And then I just fell in with them. I ended up playing... I think I ended up playing bass with Pets for maybe like... Pets. And then our subsequent band, Hags, after that, maybe like four to five years. And through that, the two guys in the band who were consistently there, Sean and Johnny, became two of my best friends. And yeah, I kind of learned the ropes of kind of like... We we played a lot around Ireland. We played in your Watford, Limerick, Galway, Dublin circuit between the two bands... Um, like Pets had kind of a bad name around Cork so what we did was we looked for a new drummer um, and we found the wonderful Dara Enright a guy who's been in various bands over the years between Limerick and Cork and we changed over to Hags and it became a much more kind of structured uh, goal oriented band which I kind of hate to say but it really was we kind of focused on like the songs and how we wanted to get them out how we wanted to present them to ourselves and yeah we played around Ireland for like quite a few years and I loved it. I genuinely loved it. It was kind of like a cross between Sonic Youth and a wedding present. And Johnny Horgan's songwriting is still a mystery to me how he does it that well. But that was really my introduction to Cork music. Because through When Good Bets Go Bad, I went recording with Cahill McGowan out of the Altered Hours. I started to get to know uh, Daniel Walsh, who subsequently I played with in Not Earth. And it was really my intro to kind of meeting these people on the scene and kind of understanding where people fit in or if they didn't fit in, and what people did. So through that then, what would happen on uh, when good bits go bad downtime, say the guys would be working, I would be uh, on social welfare at the time, I would be looking for someone else to play. So I started playing with an improvised band called Sea of Okosk, and I just went down one night to Trisco, joined in with my bass, and ended up playing with them for about a year and a half. And then through that, I ended up playing with a guy called Dave Mahuna, synthesizer player. And then... Whatever whatever happened in the end, Daniel Walsh, who I think many around Cork would know just from playing with Elastic Sleep or his own project Fixity, asked myself and Dave Mahuna to play with him on an improvised gig. And genuinely that went so well that we turned around to each other, the three of us afterwards and went, we need to make a band. And that became, band became Not Earth. And it's been one of the most, I think, fulfilling artistic endeavours I've ever played in my life. And... We've recorded, we put out one album, we've a second album recorded, it's going to come out soon. But that then led me into more improv. And with improv, you kind of end up playing with everyone in Cork City. I think what people may may or may not know is Cork City is a very uh, healthy improv scene. We've that, talked about it on the podcast, we've brought it up. Uh, okay. a, a number of different people have kind of made light of it during the yeah, podcast. Well, like, yeah, they're, they're right to, of course. Um, because I think I, I can't even count the amount of people I've played with in the improv scene in Cork just like after Not Earth um, I've uh, falling in with improv sessions with Patrick Culling of the Altered Hours and Arthur Pawsey of Arthritis and Landcrabs or you know jammed with Elaine Malone and there's, there's that kind of like, culture of it anyway because I would have also when I f- first moved to Cork and moved to Shandon where I'm still currently living I would have fallen in with a group who including Dermot McCarthy out of Shukrat we'd have gone jamming together in each other's houses um, every few weekends so there's always a culture of jamming and I think that moved into the public sphere as a kind of an improv kind of an idea 
I remember putting a gig on for my birthday a few years back and it was an improv gig. We actually put on an improv gig for my birthday and Brenda Reardon out of Alaska Sleep joined uh, Dan O'Connell who played with um, Agitated Gravel and Terror Pop and we played an improv gig. I mean, it, it's it's quite strong in Cork. I'm happy to be a part of it. Um, and it was true that improving, like we meet myself and like Dave and Dan have like played with Nodder for so long now. It kind of feels like a normal band, but like when someone looks in on it from the outside, they're like, what are you doing? My brother saw us recently in Dublin and kind of went, did you write that? And I went, no, no, we made it up in the spot. And he went, oh. And like, I think that's normal at this point, um, where it patently is not normal. Uh, what, what it's led then to me playing in various other improv bands with friends, like the yeah. Council for the Dark Arts Orchestra, and also Museum with my friend Arthur Borsi. How did Museum come together in the first place? Because that's one of those examples where... You know, one of the more recent adages about the Cork music scene is nobody writes songs anymore. They just sit down and jam. Nobody writes songs anymore. I think um, <laughs> I think Elaine Malone said that. Yeah. yeah. Um, how Museum came about. Um, so there's this wonderful initiative in town run by um, uh, Robert Congenvin. Well, mostly his wife, Kat, uh, called the Sodala Club. Mm. And it's on, I think it's the second Wednesday of every month in Shopkaranam on the Colquay. 7pm, it's a multimedia home of the eclectic. Yeah, without a doubt. Um, it's not the Cold Key. I don't call it that because I'm not from Cork, but it is, yeah, it's on the Cold Key. Cold Key. Yeah, I call it the Cold Key. Um, but anyway, so Kat was looking for some music performance to fill in and I just happened to be down there one night after a show and just went, hey look, myself and my friend Arthur will play and we'll, we get about two weeks before, that's two or three weeks before the next one and we're like, we'll play and we had to hunt for a name. We had to hunt. like in between us asking to play the gig and playing the gig, we recorded a full album, released it, and then we called ourselves Museum, but we made it a palindrome on Lane Malone's suggestion. And yeah, we put out our first album. Um, what was that even called? I don't even know at this point. <laughs> like I know we put out we put out two albums since, and we've also recorded a third, and we're going to record a fourth now as well. You see, because. It's just very easy to play with Artie. He's such a fluid musician who is always bubbling with ideas. But yeah, that's, that's what happened. And so I, we went into the idea of the gig influenced by, say, uh, the German band Cluster yeah. and Harmonia and the American musician Tony Conrad. And that really is what influenced us for the first gig anyway. And after that, we picked like disparate influences. Not often you find a duo which is like, a guy playing like two keyboards at once and then a guy on a bass and a drum machine as as am I but yeah it's it's been a very kind of fruitful kind of collaboration we've played a lot together and as I said we're going recording some more stuff we have a Christmas album ready to run for December <laughs> we've, we've, a, we've, we've a Christmas single recorded already um, I'd have thought that it more suited the creeps no 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 museum we have a deep and abiding love for the Christmas season but uh, <laughs> yeah that material is already done it's ready for ready to run for Christmas 2018 yeah, I, I just think, um, yeah, that's where it started. And Museum have played quite a few gigs since then. I mean, the thing is with Museum, um, we have a very set way of working. If we're recording an album, we turn up and genuinely we play for eight or nine hours straight. And we will edit uh, patches out of that to create the album. Whereas with the live performance, what we will do is we'll turn up, we'll discuss motifs for a moment or so before the, we go on. Mm. And then we go on, we see what happens. It's a very flexible malleable kind of approach to music which I quite enjoy um, but I think our next approach now is maybe actually writing some songs uh, going against the cork grain of not oh, writing no. any songs yeah well like 
there's only so much you can do with a base and two synths. So you have to start then. You can get trapped in patterns of working. So you need to actually start working on your songwriting, your sounds, your production. So that's, I think, our next aim. But yeah, it's been fantastic. It's been wonderful work at Museum. Um, quite different from Not Earth. Not Earth is very hard charging, very fast. Free very hardcore, loud. as you refer to it. Free as. hardcore, yeah, that's what I would definitely Which refer to. a beautiful term of expression for what it is. I mean, I know certainly myself and Dan are gigantic fans of early 80s hardcore. I'd be a huge Bad Brains fan, mm. as would Dan. I'm also a massive fan of like early 80s No Wave, like DNA, Theoretical Girls, Lady Lunch. So that's a lot of where my bass playing comes from. Uh, Tim Wright of DNA is one of my favorite bass players of all time. Mm. Former player we would player, passed away a few years ago. So he would influence me a lot, whereas like David Muna on Synthesizer will be influenced a lot by um, techno music, um, which I don't know a lot about, but Dave seems to bring an extra textural edge to things that I certainly wouldn't be able to contribute. And so... It's quite interesting working with different info groups. You have kind of so many people bringing in so many different ideas, layers to it. Like, I mean, my personally, my own base influences are those of Tim Wright of DNA, uh, Will Shatter and Bruce Luce of Flipper, and Michael Ivins of The Flame and Lips. And like trying to combine those with Dan's jazz training and David's interest in techno, or say Arthur's, uh, I would say, interest in everything is... Yeah quite a challenge at times but it's really 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 rewarding opposite all of the stuff that you were doing regarding improv you were also a pretty regular uh, music journalist you were working away yeah. once you'd gone, gone from the UCC Express you started with state.ie as well as later on the thinair.net as well as its print uh, offshoot yeah what happened was I was involved with the UCC Express for quite a number of years and then I think I took a break for a while and I actually wanted, I kind of started back with some articles for Insert Title, which was a very short-lived Cork, I suppose, free sheet, if you want to call it. It was, yeah. Uh, Sunlist did a lot of the graphic design for that. Yeah, I mean, like, it was a good publication. Um, I'm not one to comment on what happened because I genuinely don't know. And then I just wanted to start writing again. And my good friend, Sean Ryan, who played with me when Go Bits Go Bad Han Hags, uh, pointed me towards State. And I started writing reviews for State. And then after that, Thin Air. And I quite enjoyed it. Now, I must admit, I have I've been taking a backseat over the last year because writing about music is definitely not my main passion I enjoy it I enjoy kind of applying a critical eye and like semi-intellectual pseudo-intellectual eye almost you could put put, uh, to music that I love but sometimes I worry about the state of um, Irish music print journalism and I just I think I got rattled by like the fact I didn't know who was reading my columns or reviews and I didn't know the reach of the particular platforms and that kind of shook me a bit when it really shouldn't because really no one you know a lot of people come to our gigs but like no one buys my albums no one kind of buys my singles why should I feel like that about uh, music journalism and maybe it's because maybe I'm putting more of myself out there it's a singular thing I'm on my own Mm. I genuinely enjoy doing it I will be going back to it it's just I think I needed to take a break for a while. I also got um, a bit of a reputation as, as kind of a hitman on uh, international reviews. Um, I remember reviewing the most recent British Sea Power album, and I'm a massive fan. But I took it apart, and I, but I took it apart critically, and didn't ho- pull any punches. And my friends for weeks after was like, "Whoa, man, you kind of really were hardened us, man." It's like, "Oh, I don't want to be known as the guy who's really hardened things." Like, I love music. L- music is my my love, my passion. It's like music and football, they're the things I love. And I kind of got a bit demoralized by that. 
yeah, I, I, I love writing about music. I will be going back to it, but at the moment, I'm taking a slight sabbatical. I will tell you, my, like, I was kind of regarded myself when I was a, a, a more regular reviews writer. Uh, a former editor referred to me as a cheerleader, and that really kind of smartened me up in terms of, you know, in as much as you want to be encouraging and as much as you want to kind of uh, convince people why they should listen to a record as opposed to why they should not. Um, the other thing is there's a little bit of killing your babies involved once you're past a certain point. I mean, a certain outlet that I used to write for would have sent me albums by bands that I loved previously. But, you know, as music tastes grow and as music tastes change yourself, you find that they're kind of stuck in the same rut. And it becomes difficult to not kind of nitpick and go, well, yeah. you know, people are moving forward. Why aren't you? And when you get kind of told, look, this isn't what we want. We do want a little bit of cheerleading after all. It's like what you told me to be at you. Yeah, but not where this isn't concerned or where a management is concerned. The message can get muddled at times from yeah. editors. And I mean, but that's life. I mean, the problem I think in a lot of online journalism at the moment, you never really meet the people you're edit- you who are your editors, which I think adds to a bit of disconnect. And I think if you speak to someone in person, you can get uh, a kind of sense of their intentions quite quickly. Whereas if you're just communicating over an email or uh, messenger, it leaves a bit, bit, a bit of detachment. Hmm. And you really can't ascertain what someone really means, or you might read too much into it, um, which is a pity because you know you could probably get on very well with these persons and kind of like really kind of figure out what they're at in real life. But yeah, I think online music journalism does suffer a bit from that detachment. If you were in all the central newsroom together, all chatting about like music, and you got a kind of vibe and an idea of what people wanted, you could definitely contra- co- collaborate a bit better and contribute more. Actually, going back to your thing about cheerleading what was the Sonic Youth uh, EP title Kill Your Idols yeah and then um, interestingly um, New, I mean just after it got released um, uh, New York's premier music critic in the early 80s Robert Crisco wrote a skating review of Sonic Youth and Sonic Youth took umbrage to that and uh, Thurston Moore retitled I think Kill Your Idols to I killed Robert Crisco with my I'm going to swear now big fucking dick <laughs> uh, and like play, I called it that title for a number of years so like it shows a pair of like, that shows a pair of critics and like how music musicians like really takes off the heart but like it was very hypocritical of Sonic Youth to go kill your idols and then get a bad review and say that I think it's kind of a backwards kind of an opinion of theirs just part of the magic of Sonic Youth yeah. really most of anything else we'll go back to some music there you've got um, the new single from Cork Neo Soul Outfit Shukra Shukra are I think possibly one of my favourite bands operating in the country at the moment I think it's they have such a mix uh, there's so many disparate influences of the band I mean Sunita's Sunita's a fantastic front woman you're joined by Imelda then on like harmony vocals you've got the keyboard wizardry of Dear McCartick Emily Rivig on drums Dan, Dan Collin is one of them I think Ireland's premier guitar players which no one really lies he's underappreciated um, and then Brendan Lee on bass like they're an utterly excellent band they have taken their influences and moulded them into something very much their own I mean like I in my head always compared them to say King Crimson crossed with Erica Badu they're that kind of that is amazing <laughs> they're, they're that kind of like prog soul super intense but like always with a positive message lyrically virtuosic band and they're fantastic I, and if <laughs> if there should be any reason to check them out at the moment you should check out the cover for the new single it's uh, a beautiful photo it's fabulous you also have your buddy Arthritis with Hot Garbage yeah um, Artie 
or like Arthur or Artie as a lot of us refer to him as is I think in future he'll be referred to as say like an outsider musician on a par with say Daniel Johnson he's a man who makes his own music in his own pace at his own time and I think sometimes maybe for himself without considering his wider audience Hot Garbage is off a record he has um, called Neglected Ambient Shirts Volume 1 which is a beautiful ambient record he's made which utterly captivated me when it was released and it captivated my housemate Rory as well um, we both kind of spent a summer wandering around Cork listening to it and like looking at Skyline and considering his masterful use of textures and his wonderful way of sequencing an album uh, Hot Garbage is kind of one highlight after that album but he's, he's I think he has a new studio album of songs coming out this year which will be very much worth looking out for he's a he's a talent we'll put it that way we'll head straight back into it so this is Shukra with Don't Wanna Doubt You here on Red on Red
arthritis with hot garbage here on Red on Red. Joining us in studio, Mr. K, Darren Keane, the man of many musical hats around the city. <laughs> Eclectic, yeah. electric and eccentric, Mr. K. That's me, yeah. <laughs> but um, on top of the myriad of projects that we discussed before we went back to some music, you're also an important part of some of the arts infrastructure in the city on the community level. In addition to your role as a public servant and assisting with uh, the arts, you also are an important part of the Dead Pigeon Club Collective, which has recently opened its first rehearsal space in the city. Maybe take us through the process of all of the hoops that you have to jump through in order to get a space like that up and running, especially in the town centre now with all the talk of regeneration. Well, with the Dead Pigeon Collective, that kind of fell together quite easily. Um, it's a group of, in some cases, best friends, in some cases, associates who have become friends over the years. And we decided... After the demise of the Cork Community Print Shop, we needed a practice space in the city centre. So we started looking out for for properties, essentially, that would allow us to uh, cheaply rent a reliable, secure room in the city centre that was accessible, that was soundproofed, and that we could all get to from our various homes. Now, the place we've looked out upon is fantastic. Um, and what that does, it gives... Like not so much myself because I, I suppose I have my musical niche and I know what I'm doing. But it gives people the chance to practice and kind of extend themselves a bit, without worrying too much about um, price, without worrying too much about the rent for the space, without worrying too much about noise. Because what is music in the end? It is making lots of noise, lots of joyful noise. But you can't really do that if you have neighbors around you. You can't really do that if you have. You know, if you're in an apartment and you have an apartment above you and above below you. So what it's done for us at the moment, like members include Rory Dale. What he's done with that is he's uh, been able to practice his hip-hop project. He's put on gigs now from that. We have Andy Wilson, singer-songwriter around the city. And he's gone and done a number of gigs since then. And then we've other members of the collective. And it's just basically quite a quite useful community collective that can be used for a number of things. And I can't really go into much more detail because we're trying to keep it small. Well, it's 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 good to have, and it's a pair of collaboration. It's good to have a place you can rely on in the city centre to play together, um, and that's kind of it's slight. It feels like an extension to Cork Community Print Shop in that regard because it's now a reliable place we can go down and practice in every night of the week if we wish, and it's something we'd be missing for quite some time. Um, but yeah, I I I can't be happier with how it's gone. I mean, we're going to do a lot more with it. We put on the Dead Pigeon Club night there. I think it was October. In the roundy. In the roundy, yeah. And it went very well. Rory played, Museum played, Andy Wilson played. And yeah, it was really enjoyable. And it's kind of like a testament to what's actually be able to come out of that practice space and the actual collective and how we support each other. It's been fantastic. On, on top of that then, like um, I mentioned I was a public servant. I actually, I I work with a local authority and we've actually been able to set up, um, because I, 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 I genuinely think on top of playing music, facilitating playing music is a huge thing for me. I mean, I am always encouraging people to play instruments or to just pick something up. And so the local authority I'm working with, we've encouraged an instrument rental scheme through the Cork County Libraries. And I assisted in that and repaired their gear. We had a launch up in Mallow Library recently, kind of your neck of the woods. And um, so we were, you can, I played it, I played a little improv guitar set for myself. And just to demonstrate the gear and what we had but it's a matter of like facilitating younger people to actually play music and allowing them to kind of express themselves with little cost you can go into any library in the county of Cork now now not to say the unfortunately because we're not linked 
and you can rent out a guitar or a keyboard or a violin and you can have it for a few weeks for yourself for free and that for me is a huge thing it's assisting other people to play music like i think music is one of the genuine for me it's like the i hate to use the word pure but like it's such a release for me i'm sure it is for so many other people and if other people can kind of play music whether it be like through having a practice space uh, with a community project like my our own dead pigeon collective or through renting uh an instrument to the, the county library i think that's fantastic and I, I i will do and have done as much as i can to promote that Speaking of facilitating music, on the local level, yourself and Keelan Sherlock have begun to get a bit of a start on the label game with Small Town Disco. And above that, you've been mucking in on Drowned in Sounds, Disintegration State Label, including a museum track having been released on a sampler. Yeah, uh, yeah, I have. That's, that's quite true. Um, well, Small Town Disco is more Keelan's idea than mine, and I've kind of like been subsumed into that. So Small Town Disco began as... A short film Keelan was making and he, we decided to expand it into a digital label um, and it involved a little band that Keelan and I had called Worm it's a duo and what happened over time was we made a little soundtrack for his film that soundtrack got used um, for a show for the Cork Midsummer Festival in 2016 for a show called Utopia Limited and since then we've kind of because you know, we're working on it still I mean there's a lot of work to do but we have our own Banica label page we're putting out museum stuff Worm stuff uh, Keelan's own stuff as St. Keelan and it's it's an ongoing project it's going to evolve over time there's going to be more music from Worm which is as I said Keelan and I but it's more to kind of um, facilitate and kind of promote Cork music and maybe some Cork music that we don't think gets promoted enough and like there's going to be a lot more work done in it I mean we're still in very much in the early stages uh, we've got uh, Eilish Collins um, who's a fantastic visual artist on board to do videos for us and maybe some artwork I've been doing some artwork myself it's very much a community uh, project but yeah still very much in the early days Keelan and I I mean Keelan's one of the busiest men I've ever met and certainly then I'm quite busy behind that it's just kind of in a tipping way and kind of like looking at what we can do for the future to benefit Cork music now with the Drowning Sound thing that's a community label so that's been set up by I think there's a good 10 50 members of this and we decided recently that we wanted to start an online community record label for our ambient noise and occasionally like techno recordings there's a I mean there's a guy called from Sweden his artist name is Body and the Thames and his mm. stuff is fantastic I mean really really good and we've got like guys like Steve Hadfield on the label or Colin Mawson and they're wonderful musicians as well now we have a sampler coming out next month and it's limited to 100 copies on double this CD you get with that I mean this is a bit of a plug we shouldn't be really you get 18 tracks and you get, I think, quite a wide variety of musicians from around the UK and Ireland and like Scandinavia who have and really worked at stuff, but maybe not have had the opportunity to release it before to a wide kind of audience. And hopefully now over the next few months, we'll be concentrating on releasing individual releases from those artists and kind of boosting the label's profile a bit. It's nice to have the support of the Drowning Sound website. I mean, they're a hugely rated and regarded uh, music website I mean um, Sean the kind of editor behind it has done some fantastic work over the years so yeah it, it's, it's quite a positive thing something I just fell into and I feel quite strongly about it and promoting it because um, I believe like community uh, record labels community affairs kind of like collectiveness is the way to go you can't really get out and done on your own it's very difficult you always need the help of other people and something like Dead Pigeon Collective or 
disintegration state or even for example like Council for the Dark Arts Orchestra uh, the Improvised Orchestra we do or even Cork Improvised Music Club uh, you need a collective of people to help you and do some things and give you a leg up and it might make things more e- make, make things easier and it's also fun to collaborate with people I mean you've got the right people in there it's, a, it's always enjoyable and experience that's the way I perceive it but um, we'll get straight to some more tunes from the playlist that you've chosen for us St. Killen with I'll Be A Fool For You yeah um, I'm not lying when I say this, this is one of my favourite songs in the last five or six years like from anyone um, I played with Keelan for a short time and with him just like while he was playing solo and I learned this song and I learned to love this song and I've actually since covered it a few times in a band I think it's a gorgeous song it's beautiful I mean it's it's fragile it's it's kind of like it feels like the weight of the world is on this person and you won't let it crush him at the same time I think it's a gorgeous song uh, the message is <laughs> the message is kind of funny to me um, to be a fool for someone would suggest some element of stupidity but I think it's a beautifully sung song it's a beautifully written song uh, Keelan's voice is fantastic on the recording and um, yeah I, 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 just, I can't recommend this song enough and you've got Elaine Malone with recent single You now Elaine Malone is someone who's kind of come out I've known Elaine for a while and she's come out in the past I think I suppose two years with her solo project and she's been stunning she's an incredible performer I mean, her voice is so strong, so wonderful, so clear, so cutting. Um, uh, her lyrics, her songs are so heartfelt. I mean, you feel them when she sings them. And she's always joined on stage by whoever she's joined on, be it Sam Clegg or the full band, and Samson Brothers and stuff. Um, it's always a fantastic performance. She's a wonderful live artist. She, I think she'll go from strength to strength now as a recording artist. Um, she's... I hate to use the word one to the phrase once to watch, but she's one to watch over the next few years. She's she's only gonna go she's only gonna get better. Coming up next, we have a live recording of St. Keelan with I'll Be a Fool for You, taken from the launch of this podcast not a number of months ago, uh, recorded here live in Studio 4 at Red FM. St. Keelan with I'll Be a Fool for You. I'll be a fool for you 
With this cold wind extinguished And this hard rock now shook And our real love is finished With the last lines of the book With the last line I'll be a fool for you I'll be a fool for you I'll be a fool for you I'll be a fool Only hurts this much. 
Elaine Malone with you here on Red on Red. Just before we wrap up, uh, Mr. K, we've talked about all of the ridiculous amount of things that you are doing. Is there anything left that you would like to get a start on? Is there anything that maybe has been so out there that you've maybe been kind of cautious about approaching it? I, I think I've done all the out there stuff, to be honest. Um, like, who forms a free hardcore trio? Who plays in a 18-piece improvised orchestra? You know, like, the last few years have been especially kind to me. I've, like, fallen in with a really cool and encouraging gang of musicians who've included me in a lot of their projects. Um, whether they've initiated it or I've asked them, Mm. Um, between Museum or Not Art or Dark Arts Orchestra or Creeps or Worm with Keelan Sherlock that's all been fantastic um, I think now at this point I believe I mentioned earlier I want to do some solo stuff so I want to do some recording on my own um, what form will that take? I, 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 I'm not sure myself I, I think I might like um, an artist I'm hugely fond of these days is Ian William Craig who's an opera singer who does like ambient music so now I'm not I'm no opera singer, but uh, it would be like vocals with like ambient noise behind it. Even looking into something like that, or something like Grouper would do, or um, or Juliana Barwick. I'm a, I'm very interested in the art that they make, mm. and I'd like to make something in that vein. Also, at the same time, I'm also still interested in making lots of noise on guitar. Um, I've gotten into the Scottish band Ursae Yatsura recently, um, and I would like to combine that, like playing guitar with. It's kind of free free jazz drumming, kind of do something like DNA, um, and kind of like this thing where the Scandinavian free jazz band. Um, yeah, I kind of like look. The world is your oyster. I think with all of music, and you can, if you have the interest to do something, you can always apply yourself and learn something more, and pick up a new instrument, ask someone new to play with you. I mean, like. I mean, like I've played with you uh, in Correspondent, which is kind of like a, 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 an improv collective as well. And like, I'm looking forward to playing with that again. And it was tough to ask. I mean, sometimes like a lot of this comes from your own neck in kind of maybe oh, maybe yeah. overestimating your abilities a little bit and going, do you want to do this, this and this? Because sometimes that doesn't work an awful lot. A lot of people kind of think that they have a bit too much in their plate already. And like, here's this dude asking, do you want a jam, etc. And a lot of people kind of happen against that a little bit. So for the improv scene to have to have been so welcoming, you know, the fact that that exists, etc. has added such a dimension to Cork music in that it's resulted in so many cool things. I think people just like, I think ultimately, if you like music, you like playing. And like you're always happy to play with someone new, and sometimes it doesn't work out. That's okay. That's a learning experience. Um, I think there's very few very few musicians I've ever played with that have never wanted to play with again. Like, you always want to play with someone again if you have a good time. You want to encourage that and take it forward and see what you can do in future. Fingers crossed. Hopefully, in my next few years, just playing. Like I mean, God, I I, I don't ever envisage stopping playing. So. Maybe playing with more people. I don't know. And on that note, that about wraps it up from this week's episode of Red on Red, Cork's new music podcast from redfm.ie. Thanks very much to Darren Keane for joining us this week. Thank you very much for having me, actually. Thanks very much. And thank you very much for listening. If you like what you're hearing, please take the time to subscribe, leave us a review on iTunes, share this on your social media, and make sure to check out the artists featured online or at an upcoming gig. And if you'd like more Irish tunes, please be sure to listen in to Green on Red on Sunday nights with Alan O'Donovan for the best of all that is Irish on Cork's Red FM, 104 to 106. Mr. K, you're leaving us with a blast of fixity with Hungry Clouds. Uh, Hungry Clouds from the things in the room, which... I think it's no hyperbole to say it's one of the best Irish albums released in the last 10 years. I remember hearing the test pressing 
I actually remember hearing the original files when Dan got back from Sweden and played them for me and myself and my housemate Rory of Alaska Sleep were blown away and it hasn't lost its power to stun and shock in the intervening years I think it's an incredible achievement uh, Dan and his Swedish musician friends like, just knocked it out of the park and thanks very much to for Albert Toomey for releasing it in its unedited guise because truly it's an artistic statement that I don't think has been surpassed by any Irish band for the last number of years and exemplifying the spirit of Cork music this is Fixity with Hungry Clouds and we'll talk to you next week The Red on Red podcast on redfm.ie. Good. Oh, talking is hard, Mike. Talking is hard.